Toto. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. You're listening to Out of Oz, a podcast from Building 28 Church. Welcome back to Out of Oz, a podcast where we just, okay, wait, pause for applause, a podcast where we discuss the fantasies and fallacies of modern Christianity with compassion, conviction, and courage. I'm Danny Van, and I'll be hosting this episode. We have Aaron Curran. Adam Powers. And Adam Powers. <laughs> basically, basically, the, <laughs> basically uh, we don't even have Ryra in the room today, so we have no live audience other than Jer Bear. But we are talking about a question, quite honestly, this is one of those probably top five questions I've gotten over the course top of my five. ministry. Easy. Yeah, like, Maybe oh. top three. Um, and we've gotten a lot in reference to the podcast. Uh, we actually touched on it. You and I did, Danny, at the Skeptical Saint podcast mm-hmm. last, well, I guess earlier this year. But the question is this, am I really a Christian? It's a thought that can rattle the mind, the body, the soul. There are circumstances and sins we engage in which may elicit our soul from our soul to ask this question of ourselves or others in our lives who may impose this belief upon us. Having faith is a matter of eternal life or eternal damnation. So we truly must ask ourselves, how can I know for sure I am a Christian? Mm. And that's the question we're going to talk about today. And hopefully, hopefully I will, hopefully powers will engender some doubt for you and I'll engender some comfort. Okay, so we'll just, we'll just take it <laughs> from the there. Goal. That's, that's the goal. That's the goal. That's, that's the, goal. the goal. All right. Yeah. Okay, so I guess the most basic question about this topic, like why do you think people are consistently asking this? It's like a once a month question, I feel like. Oh, easily. In collective or yeah. just personally. Yeah. I mean, I think that they're asking, well, I mean, I think there's numerous reasons they're asking, right? I think one is that we are, for all of our talk today about being like an intellectual society and a cerebral society. We're not. We are not. We are a subjective, feeling-oriented, emotionally driven society. And a lot of times we don't feel like Christians or we we don't feel like God loves us or we don't feel like our faith is very strong, or we don't even feel like we have faith at all, like or whatever it is. And so what we do is we determine our position. I mean, we do this in marriage, right? Well, you don't, but like we do, maybe. Or at least we see it in people where it's like, I don't feel love from my spouse, or I don't feel love for my spouse. Feel like, the way feel, I don't we feel, used to feel. Like, or, or, or even like beginning. you did yesterday. Like It doesn't even have to be like years ago. It could be like yesterday, it was this heightened sense, and everything was perfect and beautiful, and today like we're arguing or whatever. Right. And so... I don't, because I don't feel that connection, but I don't question my position as like a husband still like, but we do that in the, in the spiritual realm because there's not a certificate of paper saying that we are justified, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's, it's not as formalized or legal. And so I think that's one of the big things. And the other thing I'd point out is that I think specifically in the reformed world, like, so that's the world in which we live. This is the tree I bark up a lot, probably not you, but I think that even in the solid reform world, yeah, we have bought into a moralistic gospel a lot of times, hmm. and and we call it the test of faith, like like you got to do this 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 and this to kind of prove that you're a Christian. Okay. Okay. Hey, that's that's how I see it. Okay. 
And in the whole lordship conversation, the whole perseverance of the saints conversation, there's all these things you have to do to prove it. And when you're not doing those things to prove that you're a Christian, mm-hmm. to test your faith and whatever, or you're failing at those things, it's easy to base it on my performance now and what I've done for Jesus lately and start going, well, I'm, I'm not as strong as I was a month ago or a year ago, or I'm not walking as faithfully, or I'm not reading my Bible daily, or I'm not Therefore, I must not be a Christian. Mm, and that's sure. a lot of people that come and talk to me. I'm like, where's this coming from? And sometimes it's coming from like sin, like they're like living in some type of sin or whatever. But a lot of times it's coming, at least the people that talk to me, it's coming from this place of, I'm like, have you trusted in Jesus? Yeah, but I haven't done this lately, or I haven't been doing this, or I haven't been following a stronger. I haven't been telling people about Jesus. And it's all about like them, like what they've done lately. Hmm. So for me anyway, that's something I'm trying to fight against. Yeah. For them anyway. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Apparently not in Pasco County. Agree, disagree, maybe. I mean, <laughs> I don't know about Pasco. Pa- Pasco, we, we, we have our own issues up there, but they're very similar to issues everywhere. Like but mo- moonshine. Particularly <laughs> with this conversation, feeling's a huge one. Feelings of guilt, not knowing what to do with guilt, mm. things like this. And whether that guilt arises just from other people's expectations, something of what you're talking about. That's from the front, like this is what you should be doing as a Christian. I'm not doing this, so therefore I feel guilt, or guilt that's personally imposed upon you, whether that's from sin or from not sin. Uh, but I, ironically, I hear what you're saying. I, I don't think that that's unique to the Reformed world. I'd say that's unique to the well, the evangelical well, I guess, world. I guess I grew up. I grew up in the kind of easy believism Baptist church. Right, okay. the where it was just which like, is which just, is not just, the reformed pray, world though, pray. right? Yeah, no, no, it's not. But what I'm right. saying is that was just kind of pray the prayer and you get this rubber stamp and you're going to heaven forever and you can live however you want. Sure. So the in reaction to that, the reform world that I was introduced to, the MacArthur world, the mm. Sproul world, was this more kind of heavy. And I no, love let's MacArthur. say MacArthur world, and not Sproul world. I was going to say I love MacArthur, <laughs> I love Sproul. Like okay, and I know they're very different, but that world at times, the washer world. Uh, I'm not yeah. trying to like chaplain these people at all. Like I'm just saying that world can become in, in reaction to this libertine, like mm. do whatever you want. You're always going to be a Christian. Right. Can become a lot of like checklist of like, right. if you're not doing this and this and this, yeah, you and this, and this to the other then side. you're not yeah. truly a Christian. And yeah. that can engender a lot of doubt, you know, in people's souls. That's what I mean by, okay. by kind of like a moralism that's crept in yeah. where in reaction to the, the libertines of Jude, We've become, or we have a tendency to become the Judaizers of Galatians, you know? Titus. Yeah. yeah. Um, where it's just kind of, you know, that begins to exist. So, so why I said that is, ironically, and in, in the face of that, I think it's the Reformed world, going back to the birth of this movement and the Reformation that actually has one of the biggest fruits that came out of the Reformation. According to the original Reformers, you're talking Luther, Calvin, the first generation, Martin Bucer, all these guys. Assurance was one of their biggest yeah. hallmarks during mm-hmm. that age. And it's ironic that someone could be reformed today and not have assurance, mm-hmm. which is something perhaps we need to talk about and how the church helps and doesn't help in this. Can regard. we also yeah. talk? Can we also just really, uh, there's a lot more. And anything, I know you're like, you have tons of young adult friends in various different circles of Christianity that. Are we no longer young adults? Dude, we are not. Well, I am not. You might <laughs> just be. Adult. We're just adults. Um, <laughs> we're just adults. Adult. Drop the lie. <laughs> we're, we're, we're dusty. So there might be, you have, might have a unique perspective on this. Another thing that I see a lot, especially in this digital age we live in, is comparison. 
And what we do is mm. we compare with like something fraudulent. We compare with somebody's like social media Christianity. Yeah. And we're like, oh, like I'm journaling not... on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Like, look at me, like worshiping all Jesus. All those accounts that post pictures night. of books yeah. and <laughs> singing. No, praises. but what, what we can do is we can start. Once again, not even chapping on that. Like, that's totally cool. I think we should use our social media to be a good influence. But, like, my Christian media. experience doesn't look as cool as that. Yes. Like, it looks I, really I'm mundane. having, like, real struggles, and I'm I'm not, like, always reading the Bible and yeah. always holding hands with Jesus and always, you know, like, like living in the Spirit. It and, looks a lot messier than And than it does for pictures. everybody, but yeah. what we can do is we can compare with somebody yeah. mm-hmm. or even maybe compare with reality. I could compare myself with, like, Danny Van's walk and be like, in reality, it's not even fraudulent. I'm not as in stuff with like Christ as she is. And what that should do is I think it should motivate us to like get more in stuff. Right. Like, but it shouldn't like engender mm. doubt. I don't necessarily think if we've truly trusted in Christ. Your whole position. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it's like, so I think comparison is, is problematic as well. But yeah. even if we've truly trusted in Christ, doubt can still plague. Yeah. I mean, cause we are on this side of the fall. Yeah. Okay. So to wrap things up. For, Lots there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, are we done? No, 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 no. To wrap, <laughs> wow. To compartmentalize it. Um, so what does it mean to be saved? And then what does it mean to have assurance? Can we define that for people? Well, let's just take the meaning of the word, right? To be saved. I'll, I'll take the first one. You take it. We'll just take one at a time, right? Why don't you to, take assurance? Just take assurance. <laughs> let's, let's start with the first one. <laughs> yeah. To, first to be saved, the word, literally, we are saved from something, which means we were headed in a certain trajectory, which for us, biblically, this is hell. And this is for all people, but this is what this means. We were, we were headed to hell for our sin, bent on destruction. Titus chapter three talks about our original nature from conception on before redemption, before we meet Jesus, is we're hating God, vertical, and hating one another, horizontal, mm-hmm. And we are headed for hell unless God intervenes and saves us from it. And the way he has saved us from it is by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh, becoming one of us in every way except sin to bear our curse, bear our sin in our place, on our behalf, as our substitute on the cross, defeating it, rising and putting our faith in him. We are then saved from the trajectory we were headed to, given the reward of Christ's obedience and righteousness that we did not deserve, mm-hmm. but that he earned and freely gives to all who come to him. Amen. So R.C. Sproul wrote this, like he wrote a lot of great Save books. from what? Save from what? Yeah, he wrote a, a great book. book called Save from what? And we're yeah. saved ultimately Small from God. Book. Yeah. Like we're saved, like, like people think we're saved from hell and we're saved from sin, which we are. Not saved from the devil. But we're we're not ransomed from the white witch. No, and, you know, no, no, no. no. Um, and yeah. and so it's <laughs> it's the idea there, not that he's a tyrant on one side and that God has like this bipolar personality, but rather that he is a just God that has been offended by our sin mm-hmm. and the condemnation that Paul talks about in Romans eight one that we've been alleviated from, that we've been saved from, is condemnation before God. And so, but I also like I talk to our people a lot about. Well, I think there's a couple of wrinkles to this in the sense of so i've talked about luther was really big on the simul justus et peccator yeah. that we are simultaneous that's latin we're simultaneously justified or saved and yet still sinful yeah. right so practically so i think helpful. that's 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 lost for a lot of christians today is that even though we are so you might be like struggling you're like man i'm not like doing all the checklist or i'm not like living for jesus like i should and yeah you should and so should i but we are simultaneously 
justified, saved, positionally, and yet practically we're still struggling with sin. Yeah. So that's one aspect that's really important. The other one is that we're, we have been saved, we're being saved, and we will be saved. I'll talk There's about that a three lot. Well. There's a threefold sense the of it. The threefold sense Paul of Paul uses all these. So it's not, in the South, yeah. it was just kind of like a past tense, like I got saved at some I point in time. got saved. You've been you saved. Yeah. But, but when we talk about salvation, it's that we are alleviated from the condemnation positionally at the moment of justification. Like, so that's happened. We are currently being sanctified or cleansed from the effect of sin yeah. upon our life. Are being And saved. we will eventually not struggle with this anymore. Yeah. We will be fully mm. pardoned and cleansed completely. Can you imagine? Not just positionally, but practically, like when we get to the other side. So yeah. what we talked about it Sunday with the last battle and the mm. last scene there. So, so the, I think those are things that are really important. As far as assurance goes, I don't know, like you probably need to take this one because I just feel like I probably am jaded toward the whole assurance thing. Well, so. one follows the other. Right. If we have been saved. One should follow the other. One yeah. should follow the other. And I think to a real degree is present in every believer, though that degree is varying depending on the circumstances of life at that time. But if we have been saved, step one, we will have a certain degree of assurance. And the assurance is being assured that we have been saved. So it speaks back to what has happened before. And it also speaks to what you're t talking about, confidence that God is working now and a hope and a trust that God will work. And like John 13 says, you got to love this moment in John's gospel where, where he says, I have loved you. I will love you to the end. Mm. He will keep us. Yeah. Beautiful moment. And so all, all this flows from the fact of salvation flowing forward into the soul, gives it a settledness a rest and assurance that we are what God has said we are. And he is what he has said he is more importantly. And he I, will yeah, do yeah. what he says he will do. I think do. that's why I'm like, once yeah, I said jaded. I think that we just fixated way too, in the reform world, it's so weird because we're supposed to be like big God people. Like we're all about like how big God yeah, is. Yeah, but I, I don't think but all I think, the reformed world's there. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's just a terrible reform world I've been subjected to <laughs> where it's like big God in justification and then it almost transitions to in practicality, big man in sanctification. Mm. Which is the like Galatian bucket, heresy. Bucket, bucket right? up, like pull up your bootstraps, yeah. like work harder, tr do more. Yeah. I'm just like, like, no, like, yes, there is a mortification of sin, right? We get that. We're supposed to like kill sin, uh, Owen, Remember the or other side of the coin, though. There's mortification of sin, vivification of the spirit. Yes. So we're killing sin, being made alive by the we're spirit. Only, we're only doing that because the spirit's made us willing to do that, and that doesn't right. like, it doesn't alleviate sure. our responsibility yeah. to like slay yeah. it. But like at the same time, like I just feel like there's so much bondage and there's so much captivity around this issue. Where I said on skeptical saying I'll say it again because we had somebody just text us like a month ago, one of our members, and it's like this was so like freeing when we said it on skeptical saying. But I was like. Mm. either we can trust God or we can't. If we're taking God at his word and he says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Mm -hmm. We believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the question that we're asking. Not have yeah. I been good enough or have I read enough? Right. And I get that there's like it. an examination, like there's make sure of your calling and election. And I, I get I get all that, the, the warnings and cautions of scripture. But I just think at least the world that I have been subjected to and probably that I'm reacting to yeah. at times has been a lot of, I don't know if you're really a Christian, Danny, because you didn't read your Bible today, or I don't know yeah. if you're really a Christian because you 
didn't do this. And, and all those things that they'll say, like going to church or reading your Bible, we should be doing those. Yeah. That's yeah. a call for obedience yeah. there. And and quite honestly, when we neglect to do those things, that is when people begin to struggle with assurance oftentimes. Because yeah. oh. they're actually neglecting the disciplines. Helpful. I, I mean, I've always equated it physically speaking. It's amazing for us when we go on vacation and we eat crap for a week and we don't exercise at all and we lay you around. You feel great, right? Yeah, no. You feel like <laughs> you feel like garbage. You feel like garbage. And then you come back home and you're like, oh, man, I got detox. And you like start drinking a lot of water and getting enough sleep and eating healthy and and getting yeah. exercise. And you're like, wow, it's amazing. Like doing this work. I should have done that last week. Actually yeah. makes me feel. <laughs> and so like that, that is part of this is the assurance of our salvation is found in Christ alone. Like Amen. that's it, right? Amen. At the same time, the feelings of that or the, even the sense of like, of the spirit giving us peace comes to a submission to actually like obeying what like God's called us to do. I don't think it has to be like overly complex here. It's so, so what you're saying, I've, I don't know where I heard this. I can't give a name, but I've heard this somewhere. This is not me. Somebody once said, sin will not keep a Christian out of heaven because they're a Christian. That's, that's where they're going. Yeah. But sin will keep heaven out of the Bun- Christian. I think Bunyan said that. Mm. Was he that said Bunyan? So- he said something to that effect. Yes. Meaning, yeah, when we will not walk in high levels of assurance if we're walking in low levels of obedience. Mm. One follows the other. If we're walking in high levels of obedience, yeah. you will, we'll find the assurance soaring. Yeah, the disciplines yeah. change your feeling, but the feeling doesn't change your position. Right, right. Yeah. So I'm actually preaching on grace tonight. Nice. So I have a, it just popped in my head while we're talking about assurance. And it's by the king, in my mind of assurance, Martin Luther, who- Mighty uh, Fortress. Yeah, who said, yeah, mm. who said that he had a dream. I don't know if you've heard about this, but he had a dream where he was being attacked by Satan. I was like, that's uh, the other- that, I was going to say, that <laughs> was the other Martin Luther. <laughs> no, no, not, not, that I have a, not, not that I have a dream speech. No, not that one. Um, but he had a dream- years earlier. He had a dream where he was being attacked by Satan. The devil unrolled a long scroll containing a list of Luther's sins and ah. held it before him. Mm. On reaching the end of the scroll, Luther asked the devil, is that all? And the devil said no and unrolled a second scroll and then a third scroll yep. and kept thrusting yep. it for him. Mm-hmm. And finally, the devil had no more. And Luther said, triumphantly, you've forgotten something. Quickly, devil, write on them the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from all sins. Mm. Yeah. So that's the thing is the devil or your your conscience or your conviction, maybe even the Holy Spirit will like bring up sins for different reasons, right? I mean, the Holy Spirit will bring it up to convict and to cleanse, but the devil will bring it up to accuse. He is the accuser of Christians. And when that when that time comes, it's important for us to acknowledge that this is not based on me. Like this is not, like that's what sets us apart as true Christians. Every other religion in the world is saying it's based on me. We're saying it's not based on me. Right. We have an alien righteousness. Gloriously it's like, when, so. yeah, like the credit, because we all get how jacked up yeah. all humanity is. Yeah. So I'm like, if it's based included. on me, we're screwed. Like yeah. we're just, we're out of luck. But if it's, if it's based on Christ, which yeah. is true Christianity, yeah. that has to be our defense where mm. we run to. Like it has to be. Amen. Yeah, it has Amen. to be. And there's a lot of comfort in that where it's like, oh, dang, I'm like, I don't have to like be perfect. Yeah. I don't have to like be righteous. I'm called to pursue the likeness yeah. of Christ and the walk as Jesus walked, 1 John 2, 6. But when I fail, like Luther also said in Bondage to the Water, I'm going to misquote this. You can look it up if you're watching or listening. But he said, I have the comfortable certainty that when, that I please God, not by reason of my works, but by reason of his grace exhibited to me, so that I sin too badly or too much. He does not credit it against me, but with fatherly compassion, picks me up and dusts me off and makes me better 
this is the glorifying of all the saints in their mm-hmm. God. This way he says in bondage of the will. And I'm just like, that's like really comforting. He, do, he doesn't credit it back to you. Like if you're like, you're struggling. Th- now, look, if you haven't actually believed in Christ, that's a problem. Yeah. Like if, there, if it's a disingenuous faith of James 2, faith of devils, that's a problem. Yeah. But if you've legitimately said, this is my hope, this is the trust of my soul, like is Jesus, and I'm trusting in him, true Christianity, Christ, soul is Christus, that is our refuge. Like that's just mm-hmm. where we hide. I mean, like I wrote a song two weeks ago uh, for one of our interns here to sing, and it's based on Psalm 16. And it's like, where's my refuge? Where can I run? Will you forsake me? And then he goes, at your right hand, I find refuge. And we know who the right hand is. Pleasures like, forevermore. Yes, for, pleasures forevermore. And that's yeah. in Christ Jesus. Yeah. So it's just like, uh, it's amen. not like, oh, you're not going to forsake me because I've like been good this week. Mm-hmm. You're like, or, you know, it's just like, <laughs> so I think that we like need to hear that. It needs to be like, it really needs to be like a soothing renewal. Like when I jumped in the pool this morning at, at 530 in the morning, it was like, it kind of wakes you up. It refreshes you. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's what the gospel of grace yeah. is supposed to do that's for it. us. And yet we're which so why burdened down. Which is why it's not law. It's, it's gospel. Not law. And we would be wrong if we led or taught in our churches in such a way. We taught the gospel in such a way as it came across like law instead of grace. Which then makes me think of if someone is really assured that they are Christ's and that he is never letting them go, even if the whole world assails them uh, and calls out all their sins, they can confidently look those people in the face and say, you don't even know the half of it. I'm mm-hmm. far worse than you think I am. No, another Luther. Yeah. This yeah. is another Luther where yeah. he said, you look the devil in the fa- face and say, no, I'm worse than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm worse than yeah. all your accusations, but I have one who is better than yeah. all of that, who has stood in my place. Yeah. Like that's, so, so like. Um, <laughs> There's a defiant sorry, I know spirit. I'm, I'm like, I'm ranting, no, but great. like to me, yeah, I'm, yeah. to me, I'm so like, this is one of those things that really works me up because I feel like if we could actually like, so our, our statement this week is we are not moralist. Um, we are gospel oriented and we pursue redemption and freedom found in yeah. Christ. We're not just here trying like, we're to not, We're not trying lives. to like make people better. And yeah. like, that's what so many people reformed mm-hmm. or not are trying to do, even in the Christian world. It's like, yeah, okay, I get that. The sanctification process and submission to the spirit of God and obedience and all that. But that does not what qualifies us. Like, that's not what qualifies me. Like, if it is, I'm just so screwed, like beyond measure. Like, I, I can't do it. Um, you're talking about law, Bunyan. Another quote, and I'll give you scripture as well. Okay, <laughs> scripture we all know. Bunyan said, "To run and work the law demands, but gives me neither feet nor hands. Mm-hmm. But better news the gospel brings. It bids me fly and gives me wings." Yeah, is that where Red Bull got it from? Probably. Yeah, it gives me wings. It gives yeah. me wings. They probably got it from Bunyan. Reading, reading Bunyan. <laughs> um, but the idea there is the law is making all these demands, and yet we don't have the feet or the hands to like obey, like to do it. Yeah. And then the gospel comes along and tells us you got to do something even more. You got to fly. But it gives us the power of Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit, gives us the ability to believe mm. and to soar in that way. Romans, I always go to Romans 8, 33 through 39 in this conversation. Before there, you got to go back in Romans 8 to verse 16. Well, the whole chapter is pretty good. But we yeah. should write a song about Romans 8. Oh, that'd be so good. But <laughs> Romans 8, 16, and then go, go there. Romans 8, 16 brings the ministry of the Holy Spirit into it when Paul says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And so the ministry of the Spirit, part of the internal testimony of the Spirit uh, that Calvin so majored on in all his writings that earned him, according to B.B. Warfield, the title, the theologian of the Spirit, the ministry of the Spirit is to assure the children of God that they are children of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And so if, if we're immersing ourselves in the spirit-inspired deposit of truth that God has given us in the scripture, we will come away with that thought. And if we're avoiding it, we might not encounter that thought and doubt will grow and fester. I mean, Romans 8, if you're, if you're looking for a passage, I mean, because the mm. Psalms are really replete with like this assurance because the psalmists were as jacked up as we are. Yeah. David's a murderer and adulterer and mm-hmm. he's writing a bunch of the Psalms. And I mean, there's so much assurance about scripture, but I think Romans 8 is that text, you know, like starting with no condemnation, no, ending with no verse separation. One, verse one, there's no condemnation. If yeah. you're in Christ, you, there's just none. Like yeah. there's none that, that sticks. Mm. And so no matter, it doesn't matter how you feel, like there's no condemnation. And that is it verse two that says for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. Is that eight two? Yes. What the law cannot do and that was weak to the flesh, Christ yes. did. And and granted, hey, look, I would say actually a really good text is Romans 7 as well. Read that one first. And then you're, if you're, so if and you're feeling, if, if you're feeling bad about yourself, read verse 7. And it's yeah. like, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me? Because you might be feeling that you're like, oh, I don't, I don't feel who's going to deliver me. And the answer is not you. Yeah. You're not going to deliver you. And you're worse than you think you are. Yeah, you're like, you only know the yeah. half of it. Like Paul, Paul, Barely. This is Paul, by the way, who wrote like half the New Testament, who's going, I am so messy and so broken. So that makes chapter eight even more like mm. dramatic, where it's like, there is, therefore, now around the hills of like, oh, wretched man, like I'm so, I don't even think I'm a Christian. The things I, the things yeah. I want to do, the things right. I know I should, I mean, tell me if this sounds familiar, because it sounds familiar to me. The things I know I should do, I don't do, or I don't want to do. And the things that, that I know I shouldn't do, those are the things I want to do. That's what Paul is saying that in Romans seven. Mm-hmm. It's like inspired. Not even want. He says he does. Yeah, he does them. That's yeah. further than where you. Yeah, were. that's worse than yeah. us. Paul's worse than us. No, okay? no. Oh no, <laughs> no, because like, no. our home group talked about. It. We're, we're like we're in home group and we're talking about the Christian life. We're reading Calvin's little book on the Christian life, which is great. Oh, that's good. But it's like it's chapter good. three. It's almost it almost had this feeling of like if you're not happy about your obedience, like there's something wrong. And I'm like, dang. Like sometimes I'm just like grinding through. Like I'm not like real happy about this. And maybe that does. Maybe there is something that's wrong there. But I read Romans seven and then I go to Romans eight. And I have completely sabotaged your outline. I apologize. <laughs> um, but I just go like, I just want, I want this to be like refreshing for people here. Yeah. The non-Christian who's listening or the Christian, the fake Christian who's playing the game, like, look, you need to repent and like believe the gospel. There's but a reason you, you should not feel assurance. Yes. But if you have truly trusted in Jesus, like you're, yeah. and, and you don't have to be like, have I really trusted? In, like if you're declaring that Jesus is Lord, like you've confessed your mouth, Jesus Lord, and believed in your heart that God is raised from the dead, you will be saved. Like that God's not a liar. And so <laughs> I'm just like, you, then you go to Romans 8, and it's just like the law of the spirit of, I've been set free from the yeah. law of sin and death mm-hmm. by Christ Jesus. And then you go to chapter 8, 33 to 39, where it's just like Paul seems to dismantle all the arguments we have. Like when Danny opened up today and was like, why is this even a question? It seems like Paul's answering all those questions in Romans 8, 33 to 39, where it's like, what can separate us? Mm, nothing. Can persecution, can tribulation, yeah. can fear, can nakedness, can peril, can sword, all this stuff. Powers. No. Yeah. No. And but all, those are all the, the things we think all these things we are superpowers. All these things we are more than conquerors in Christ, in Christ Jesus. I just uh, like, I don't know. Like, that's why I'm jaded. I'm like, man, we focus too much on us in the sanctification process instead of like relying on the Lord and living out of his grace. But there's no buts. No, there, there's, there's a but here. There, uh, tiny, tiny. The more we preach Christ, the closer we grow as the church to Christ. One of the results is we're going to see our sin with more clarity, 
and we're going to see the contrast between him and us with more clarity. But the one who's truly growing closer to Christ and getting moving toward him further up and further in, that is going to not create a lack of assurance, but seeing the gap will make the true believer more and more thankful for what Christ has done, even in the midst of this vast separation between us, that he has done the work to grow. So, so there's always this, this movement of the soul in the true believer's heart where you're aware of the sinfulness of sin. It's a helpful term, I think, that comes from the confessions of the 16th century. But you're also aware of the graciousness of grace mm. in Christ. And those fan each other's flame, and it just does nothing but to exalt Christ in the heart and in the church. Yeah. I have a question. Please. Mm. Please. You? Yeah. You're not allowed to have any questions at this point. Guys, listen up. Here, here. Calm down, you guys. Needs to talk, Calm down. Yeah. So I'm just thinking, I'm trying to put my mind on the audience, but you say, as we move towards Christ and grow closer to him, mm. can we even, can we grow closer to him? Yeah. Or at justification are we as close as we can get? So that's why that symbol used to set peccator is important, like in the sense of, yeah. like we are absolutely 100% as close to Christ positionally as we will ever be. Positionally. Positionally, yeah. like justified, like we're there. Like yeah. Yeah. God sees us as, the Father sees us as Christ. Like Which is nuts. It's, it's crazy. But it's practically, nuts. practically, we mortify sin, we grow closer to Christ, closer in our relationship with the Lord, submit to the Holy Spirit or grieve the Holy Spirit. You know, so all those things, mm. those are practical realities. So positionally, we're baptized by the Spirit, one baptism, mm. into Christ Jesus. So positionally, that, that work is just done. He might not agree. He's charismatic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fake news. But practically, yeah, I'll use my kids. I always use marriage or kids, but I'll use my kids. Like, my kids are adopted two of the three, as you know, as you know. Um, they're currents, and they're always going to be currents. Positionally, they're currents. Positionally, they are currents. Practically. There's, there's nothing they can do that will make them more current or less right. current. Right. Right? It's nothing. a liberating fact. Very liberating. Yeah. The more they understand that, hopefully yeah. the more they understand that, the more they'll actually respond in love and Especially not like, as, oh, I need to like, I need to like please my dad because he adopted me. Kid. Like, you know, like it's not like this guilt riddle <laughs> thing. It's like, right. but, but yeah. there is relationship still within that beautiful position of father and son. There's relationship for all my kids adopted or my biological little girl that they can grieve me and offend me and. Mm -hmm. Or they can be closer. And so in those Please moments, yeah. Martin Lloyd-Jones had a great thing with this. Where he has a lot of great He things. had a, a lot of great things, yeah. Um, except for his exposition on Romans, it was terrible. Um, just kidding. <laughs> that is uh, really fake news. No, but he, he talked about how, imagine a father holding the hand of his son and they're walking down the sidewalk together. And the father's holding his hand. And the father's looking out for the son and he's always there with him. And there are moments where the father scoops up the little boy and, and holds, embraces. Him, holds him close and the little boy yeah. can feel his breath against him and feel the father's In face which setting is he more the son? Yeah, he's exactly the son in both. both. There are some moments that's where it. he feels, the father feels, never lets it. go. Yeah. The father never yeah. lets go. Right. Even when the kid is trying to pull away, like right. the, the, the father will never let go of yeah. that. Like yeah. We're held. But there are moments where the little boy feels more like mm. a son. That's good. You know? Good. And I think that's, that's the issue here is there, there's going to be times where we rebel. There's going to be times where we slide back. There's going to be times where we get lethargic and apathetic in our faith. Those times are not okay. Like, and we're not going to feel yeah. as much like a son or a daughter in those moments. Right. Yeah. And we're not going to practically be as close to Christ in those moments. Right. But we're always held by the Father. Yeah. 
which, because of the redemption of Christ. Which leads to a massive implication for how the church ought to be run if we as the church, especially as pastors. Are we talking about this? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Drop it. Drop if, it. If we as a church lead in such a way where we're always making much and speaking up those real big moments where we feel so close to God yeah. to the neglect and the diminishing and almost the exclusion of the ordinary, the mundane, the routine, mm. we in a sense set our people up to feel the lack of assurance when that high feeling ceases, when they come back into the normal everyday life. Uh, because they've been taught and led for year after year that the only thing that really matters is Christians ought to feel like this. Yeah. And yet if we're truly shepherds of souls, we will lean into the mundane ordinariness of the Christian life. And that should be the norm. Though we can, of course, enjoy the exception to the rule when we feel the warm embrace and the closeness of his gaze upon us. And at the same at the same time, and I know you're not saying this, like the gathering, the the gathering is set up, mm. I think, in part to be a transformative, I don't like the word experience really. I know you don't either, but yeah, I'm not a to fan be an, a, a transformative communal gathering. Oh, yeah. Where yeah. there is a heightened awareness of like right. say salvation yeah. and sin. And and the music, like the music, which was a huge theme of the Reformation, mm -hmm. was set up to respond yeah, that's corporately. It. That's and it. so so it, in no way are we, uh, what I be, and I don't think Powers is demonizing that, that we should come together and be recharged. But the Christian life is meant to be lived, you know, perseveringly and not just always on cloud nine or always yeah. on the mountaintop type thing. You know, like there's a yeah. lot of, there's a lot of valley. We can use that big moment to lean into the ordinary, right? So that we're not you know, majoring on one over the other. Yeah. Danny's train right. is like sitting in a ditch over here. <laughs> we like derailed that thing a long time ago. Okay. Sorry, oh, what right. else do we have left? No. What else have we not covered Well, here? I was just going to say, I like what you're getting at because I think, you know, people that are watching this episode and that are struggling with this question, I think it's important to identify like why they're struggling with assurance. Yeah. You know, is it coming from within? Is it coming from comparison to other people's walks? Are they in is a bad church? From, are you in a bad church? That yeah. is majoring on the mountaintop experience. Yeah. So I think that or is on, important. We're on moralism. Or on or, soft gospel yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Subjective Christianity. Or on only, only intellectual, like only an intellectual knowledge right. of the truth. Like all of that. You might feel the mental buzz, but you feel no heart engagement. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So any of that can Living be Living near yeah. the Lord, right? Yeah. 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 So that's really good. Um, I feel like we've touched on all the points, but I mean, do we have any closing words for people? It might be helpful to just tell people that, that this is so something that I've experienced pastorally, both personally and pastorally, I'll give pastorally people struggling with assurance think they're the only one struggling with this. Mm. Like everyone else has got their stuff together and their crap don't smell type feel, <laughs> right? But I'm the only one that has the issues here. People need to remember 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that no temptation has seized you except what's common to man. So the struggles we feel with the lack not of assurance. Not common on social media. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not very common on social media. Everyone feels like this at times, which leads me to the personal remark. This is something that I've dealt with in my own life. This is something pastors deal with too. This is not just a people in the pew issue. Lack of assurance, the beefiness of assurance, it ebbs and flows like the tide at times because of the 
I think just are the nature of our hearts and souls. But this is a everybody issue. And the more that we can talk about these things and be honest with our struggles with each other, I think the more we can encourage one another toward right directions in these things and placing our hope where it ought to be. Yeah, totally. I just think, I mean, I've talked about in previous podcasts, I'm sure, but one of my recurring, we all have like recurring themes as pastors, right? Mm-hmm. Like that we like hobby horses, hobby horses, Harry Potter, and, Tolkien. Yeah, no, but one of mine Narnia. has, one of mine has been like, man, look, if you're married, like you get this. If you're dating, you get this. Um, if you're a parent, even like if you have friends, whatever, like when you are, when you're self-centered, it's just misery. It, it just like, that's not the key to happiness. I mean, it's amazing. Even like non-Christian writers are saying this, it's not key to happiness. When I can, not that I do it perfectly by any means, but if I think about my children or I think about my wife or I think about my friends or whatever, and I'm thinking of them and like, man, how great Powers is, how great Danny is and like how, you know, I want to serve them because they're awesome and they're like great and they're like, I love these people and whatever. Um, I, 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 feel, I feel like, I just feel like the behavior typically takes care of itself. Like meaning that like, I don't have to work as hard at like being a good husband when I'm kind of more mesmerized or fixated or focused it comes on, it comes a, a little more naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, granted, my wife, I can do a lot more things to offend her than, than she can me, but like people can offend us. And so you could offend me. And so I'm not as mesmerized with you. Jesus doesn't though. Right. Like Jesus doesn't right. offend. And so I feel yeah. like this whole conversation is get your eyes off you all the time. Onto Christ. And I'm not saying like Amen. ignore behavior. I just think your behavior is typically going to take care of itself. Behavior follows belief. If you're fixed, if you fix yeah. your eyes on Jesus and like, hey, want to please him and like honor yeah. him, like just kind of, I think that's the, for me anyway, the crux of this whole issue is Amen. like, you know, just focus on the gospel, like on grace, like. Yeah. That you're pardoned, you're positionally right with God, and uh, submit to the Holy Spirit in that. Yeah. You know, I know. So anyway, that's what I have. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. I know we. Great so, so, Sorry, Danny. We just side get that, side well, we'll get the train this, back on the track. We'll get the train no, back the train on the train track. Went track. In an even better direction. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, uh, well, yeah. We'll talk more next time. Thanks for listening to Out of Odds. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen. Out of Oz is produced by Building 28 Church and Podcast Royale. You can find out more about this show and Building 28 by visiting outofozpodcast.com. New episodes drop every Monday, and you can get each one automatically by subscribing in your favorite podcast app.